Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Hello, everybody, and we're back. And this time we are trying to record an episode to put it out on time. But for some reason, we are so insanely busy that by recording this podcast, we're going to go past our bedtime. It's it's a really big deal. We are we are staying up past our bedtimes to make sure we get this recorded. Just for reference, my day began at 5 a.m. It's now 8 p.m. So that's a long ass day. And then tomorrow we'll be back in the gym yep. early as all hell again. My day tomorrow starts at 5. My regular bedtime is 8.15, folks. And it's already Why are we so almost busy? that. Like, why? I what, don't know. January why is the universe is, making us January so busy? is like kicking my butt. And it's not going to let up for a while. A while. Like we tried to, we talked about going shopping. Couldn't even figure oh, out yeah. make time like, to go shopping. Re- absolutely. I'm like going to. The one time speak. I actually need to buy stuff. I know for you need real people clothes. I need real people clothes, which is a disaster for me. Um, and I just, I don't even know when. <laughs> when I might be able to buy said real people clothes. But hey. We're doing a lot of online shopping, but that's a little harder for your real people clothes. Yeah, like I, I I like to try things on when it comes to stuff that I'm just brands that I don't know. That's true. I had to send something back this week. I'm sure we've talked about it before with Rachel's obsession with like buying one million different sizes well, and then returning. It's the only way to shop. And the joke is, is that I will just keep it because I cannot stand to return things. She keeps things. things that don't fit her because she just doesn't want to bother sending them I don't them know back. if we mentioned this on the last episode. I think we did. Um, that I'm going to claim Whitney with you for yes. your birthday yes we should definitely March, talk about that more which it's... is going to be very cold we're going to talk about it today in the context of what we want to talk about today but um i got very excited about the prospect of buying a super duper cozy warm puffy ass down jacket and you would laugh anybody who lives in a cold place seeing the amount of jackets i already own given that i live <laughs> in some place where you have a very small window of opportunity to wear to the jackets. wear puffies yes um but I managed to reason with myself that being up at quite hefty altitudes in March could easily warrant the cost of a very warm, cozy jacket. Um, so I ordered one, got got all excited, ordered one. And of course, it was way too big. And so I had to send it back. And now I'm like in this state of like, have they got it? Am I going to get my refund? Ah, the stress of the online return. Yes. But it was just in that bracket of like too expensive to keep and it not be right. Right. It yeah. Or close enough to right. Yes. These are these are puffies. Even though we are doing great at shopping all the last season sales, um, full price, this level of amazing high altitude puffy is like more, you know. That's like four hundred bucks. That's you can't. Yeah, just when you're keep in the four to five hundred dollar range and it's not no. quite right, that's just that's what I call annoying. And I don't want to be twelve thousand feet up wherever we're camping, annoyed at my jacket. Right, right exactly. I, I want to be like annoyed at how I feel. Yeah, Jeff, who's joining us on this adventure, um, he's he's decided he's just gonna like 
rent one of their puppies, which to me is like crazy. I'm like, what? Like, I mean, of all the things I wouldn't, I don't know. I'd want my own. Like, he's, he's probably, he doesn't care if it fits or if it's perfect, I guess. I'm but. also like thinking, and you should be happy about this. Or maybe not. Maybe after this trip, <laughs> you'll be like, you are never coming again. Um, But I'm also thinking if I own this gear, then it's an incentive to do it again. Ah, the aspirational outfit. Buy the outfit before the, the Plus, sport. even if I just really am a disaster at that kind of mountain expedition, I can always wear it when I go snowboarding. Maybe not actually snowboarding, but, That's you know, true. apre ski. Even snowboard. if you hate it, you will do other mountain sports. And uh, yes, I'm sure a good, nice, warm puffy will find lots of uses. I mean, I'll probably be uh, wearing it in July. Yeah, you'll coach your 6 a.m. class no joke I literally had my hand warmers that I take snowboarding with me out today because after coaching this morning I could not my I couldn't feel my hands yeah especially the morning and and all we do in CrossFit gyms is touch cold steel so it's uh it's tough but anyway um today's topic is not about our shopping habits returning stuff or puffy jackets um it's a little bit it's a little bit about puffy jackets they play a role but we were kind of taught. Well, actually, no, last week I was snowboarding and mm-hmm. like I track my workouts and stuff on my watch, my Apple watch, just out of interest about like, you know, what, how many calories it says I burn and that I, you know, doing a certain amount of minutes of exercise every day. And so I set it for like snowboarding. You have all different settings. I set it for snowboarding last week. And on an average day, I was 1200 plus calorie burn, which is like two and a half times more than I would burn in just like a typical day with an hour of CrossFit. Right. And got to thinking about how, you know, about calories, right? Yeah. And the calorie burn. I did. I was kind of like, this is cool. Um, Because for those of us, particularly those of us that were born and lived through the 80s, you more than likely have had some degree of obsession with the calorie. Calorie counting, low fat, you know, all the rest of that stuff was a big deal, 80s and 90s. I obviously had an eating disorder, so I could tell you the calories and almost anything and spent several years doing math constantly about calories. As a nutrition coach, I'm always asked the question, should I count calories or macros? Are calories equal? Right. Not every calorie is the same, right? And it always kind of makes me think about like when I was a kid, I remember someone asking me like, what weighs more? Like a pound of feathers or a pound of rocks and immediately as a kid you're like rocks and then you're like well no a pound is a pound but the volume of that pound is going to look drastically different in the same way like one calorie of sugar is going to be a very different volume to our favorite one calorie of broccoli oh we compare everything to broccoli it's wonderful so you know i got to thinking about those kind of questions around calories that i'm asked frequently i got to think about like you know people's obsession with burning calories and like I remember in my younger years like especially in like the the route into the eating disorder that the hours that I pounded the treadmill just on a mission to burn calories and it was so boring and so brutal well I think that was it it's probably the 90s as well where we all were introduced to the amazing elliptical trainer and it was so much better on your joints and your body than that awful treadmill. And it would tell you, I just, I remember it so distinctly. I mean, an elliptical trainer would tell you that you burned like 500 calories in like 30 minutes on this 
thing that that yeah like i mean it was amazing right? and of course now we we absolutely know it was drastically like not even based on anything real um and i think yeah the elliptical made a lot of people for a lot of years think they were burning so many calories and yeah crazy 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 so i was thinking about calories um and you know our obsession with burning them and how when you're actually at you know playing essentially mm-hmm. like snowboarding you can burn a whole hell of a lot of calories. I was thinking about our trip up Whitney. Yeah. And like how much food, like mm-hmm. lightweight, but super high calorie food that I'm going to need to take with me. Oh, yeah. Because it's not a weight loss trip. Like I want to have the energy to be able to do what I plan to do. So, I mean, obviously, as always, this is not a scripted podcast. So <laughs> we're probably going to go around the houses with this calorie chat. But we thought it would be interesting to maybe dispel a few myths around calories and talk about, you know, the difference between like burning calories when you're just on a treadmill with just an obsession about burning calories, what a calorie even is, calories at play, the difference between counting calories and counting macros and all that kind of good stuff. And I am just looking up my screenshot. So I screenshotted the um, dictionary definition of calorie just in case. Okay. Someone doesn't know what that is. We're going to go with the large calorie or the kilo cal, which is often what is featured on um, on food labels. And here is the description of it. A unit of energy often used to express the nutritional value of foods equivalent to the heat energy needed to raise the temperature of one kilogram of water by one degree centigrade and equal to 1,000 small calories a kilocalorie. Okay. Okay. So calories is all about... The energy it takes to heat up water. I always forget that, that there is the association with, yeah, to raise the temperature of water is actually how they're calculating it. Yeah. And like, and the, how they calculate calories in labs for different uh, foods, right. they like absolutely. No, it's burn absolutely. it. And I think there's like oxygen measurements involved. Exactly. I'm sure there's some like amazing documentary out there, like showing us about how they, how they actually find out. And then of the course, don't forget, value. we should reference a previous podcast where we talked about like food labels and like the up to 20 percent like variation between what's actually real and what's you know what's printed on a food label much like the elliptical trainer which had about a 80 percent margin of error on your calorie actual calories burned so if you had any questions about calories like what would be your number one question about if i said calories go what comes to mind um i mean i think you kind of you, you said it earlier because I feel like even as much as I learn about calories and macros and the kind of the ways that I fuel my body and my sports and things like that, I think I am still always fascinated by the question, are all calories equal, right? Like, like it is one of the most common questions, but I think also the more you learn, the more of an interesting question that actually can become um, because yeah like that the pound of feathers pound of rocks thing is a great comparison because it really is there's so much more than just are they equal like equal in what way equal in terms of how satiating they are how much uh quick energy like how 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 they give your body fuel in different times different ways um so yeah i mean i don't know i like that question because it's both too easy of a question and also super nuanced and you know it's so at its very basic level, a calorie is a calorie. 
All right. Yeah. There's this unit of energy and it's going to look different, but it's still that same unit of energy. But, and this is where we can kind of like drag in the, should I count calories or count macros kind of conversation right. is that we all know that I did my little bodybuilding cut thing. And we've talked about the kind of crap that I've eaten while counting <laughs> macros. Yes. Um, I mean, typically, if your focus is purely on kind of body composition or trying to be as lean as possible, particularly like mm -hmm. as quickly as possible, then calories are probably king, right? Yeah, calories in. Calories you have you to, be have to be in a, deficit. in a deficit of calories. Now, the other crazy thing in terms of like energy is that you and I, different bodies, we have different chemical arrangements going on in our bodies, could both eat 50 calories of, say, potatoes. And what your body chooses to do with it right. will be different to what my body chooses to do with it. Yeah. So it's almost an impossible question to answer. Is, is like, you know, are all calories equal? Well, no, because one, 10 calories of sugar has minimal nutritional value in it. Mm -hmm. It's just straight energy. 10 calories of broccoli, because that just came to mind, has significantly more nutritional value to it. Um, but again, like what your body is going to do with that is different. So in terms of calories versus macros, if your only care in the world is to try and lean out, like when I've talked about, or, or you talk about it more than me, like cold vegan hot dogs on like, I know it's my favorite example raisin of, bread. of the absurdity that, that sometimes comes from just focusing on hitting those macros. I mean, that was sort of a crossover because I was following macros, which obviously, so your macros obviously make up your calories. Right. You can't really count macros without also But if the calories, only concern but... you have is to be in a deficit, then, you know, you could feasibly eat a thousand calories of bread mm -hmm. every day. And you'd be in an energy deficit. So theoretically, you're going to lose body weight. I'm going to say body weight because you're likely to, at that point, if you're just eating bread, be losing muscle mass too. Right. So you'd be right. losing overall weight. So like if you were a weight class athlete and you would, you know, generally weighed in a little heavier than your weight class and you were like a few weeks out, I'm like, okay, time to cut. And you just drastically cut your caloric intake to a point where, you know, you were 500 plus calories in deficit every day. You're going to lose body weight to make your weight class. You're probably going to feel like shit, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't live off just bread. Oh, my gosh. I have actually done that. That was bread. Well, that was on my way down to being my smallest size. I would have like one piece of bread, maybe a piece of ham and some cucumber. Ooh. And then eventually I ditched the bread and just cucumber and maybe like some kind of deli meat, but then it just became cucumber. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I've seen you take down a full cucumber. Oh, yeah. I mean, back when you were doing that cut, I think is the famous cucumber video. <laughs> the camping cucumber incident. Not a lot of calories in a cucumber. <laughs> um, FYI, she put mustard on it to make it more interesting. Yeah, mustard and salt, like straight up cucumber <laughs> after that being your kind of go to filler upper, like filler food yeah. gets really boring. Yeah. If you care about like performance and health, then that's where like the ratio of calories that you use up for proteins and for fats and for carbs becomes much more important. 
And most people, you know, unless you're trying to do something drastic and just suddenly ditch a bunch of weight, should think more about the how their calorie intake is made up, which is where like macro counting has become a good thing and you know something that is far more popular now like back in the 90s if somebody said what what are your macros i think everybody would be like what what oh, are you what what it's what? actually amazing how mainstream it's become now to like it's like yeah. a normal yeah. sentence be like what are your yeah. macros yeah. i mean probably not normal everywhere that's probably still very abnormal well normal but in our really circle normal in our circle but it is really normal in our circles and it is really common um yeah, I mean, it's, it is. It's interesting. Like when you brought up the, you know, our different body types and what we would do with like 50 calories of potatoes or something, like I immediately thought, I was like, well, it's true. And my, my first question back to that would be like, well, did I work out right before I ate those potatoes? Right? Like, you know, because like those potatoes could become stored fat for one person or just replenish glycogen and feed some muscles in someone else, depending on, you know, what we'd also done. So I, I think that's also one of the biggest things for me with calories is like, recognizing that even if they are all equal um, or mostly equal, there are still so many circumstances around like when you eat them or what else is happening in your body when you eat them. And I think the important point there is that one of the biggest things that I come across when I'm first sort of getting to know a client is just like the complete mind blowing, like, like overthinking of this because it's so complicated. Like, scientists like the best scientists in the world are still trying to figure this stuff out you know they're still trying to figure out like why your metabolism is different to mine and with exact processes that the body is going through and the exact way it's going to use the different foods we put in and to be honest like there's been so many chemicals in our foods like in the last probably 20 years no one even knows oh right i mean what that's gonna do the the bread like you think of just like bread you buy in a store the bread that we are eating now is almost like just incomparable to the bread that our parents ate growing up from a store like there's just yeah you're absolutely right like the amount of other things that aren't caloric i guess that go into like our food processes have probably completely changed things in ways we don't even understand yet of like how our body actually yeah like and then there's calories for example in food labels fiber content is counted as carbohydrates Mm -hmm. yeah however depending on like the kind of fiber your body may not actually use it at all for any energy so you're just eating like you could be eating 15 grams of carbs according to a food label that your body actually can't extract energy from it's a good thing to put in your body because it's like helping your digestive system, keeping your gut microbiome in check. But it's actually no use for you in terms of an energy resource. You know, that's so interesting. That makes me think of um, another thing I definitely remember from the 90s um, when all of, you know, this stuff was, was, yes, very much in vogue. Talking about calorie counting was also the term like empty calories, right? And it was like, well, just, you know, really you got to avoid those empty calories and just listening to you say that, I'm like, it made me realize that's so completely ironic because what we called empty calories back then were actually the things that your body totally stored as energy, like, you know, just potato chips and sugars and all that. Those were like the non-nutritional kind of, um, or not as nutritionally dense calories. But what you just described is actually an empty calorie in that sense, right? Like the fiber 
it it is it could be caloric but if you're not actually absorbing it that's truly passing empty calories through your body Ooh, we've like reclaimed empty calories as like a good thing. I mean, typically when I think of empty calories, I go to things like, you know, alcohol. Because your body like, so I mean, like some alcohol is another weird. Some people call (laughs) like not a macro. (laughs) Some people call like a soda an empty calorie. But there's context to that, right? Now, I'm not suggesting that you go out and drink soda because it's not good for you. But if you were an athlete, for example, or, or like me, snowboarding last week, and I come up the mountain, and I've just burned 1,200 calories on top of what my body's burning just to stay alive. Just in general, yeah. And let's just say there's there's no food anywhere in sight, and all I can get my hands on is a Coke. Is it a bad thing to throw in some sugar into my body, having just burned over 1,000 calories? No, my body would probably actually be like, thanks, yeah. cool. Oh, I can use this. I can put this to good use. Do I want to do that all the time? No, my teeth would fall out and be fuzzy and... I'd feel terrible, but <laughs> soda does make teeth fuzzy. That so, I mean, a, that that's kind thing. of like with, you know, soda with context, but like alcohol is an interesting one because like you said, alcohol actually with, it has its own little realm of like seven calories per gram of alcohol, but alcohol, I think the better way to describe it is just, it has no nutritional value. Like your body can't actually take alcohol and go, ooh, I can do something with this. Apart from make you feel drunk. Right. And it can take the sugars that's in the alcoholic drink that you're drinking and use that for energy or store it as body fat if you're not, that energy is not required. But the alcohol part is just like the substance your body is like, what? What? Yeah. yeah. What do and, I do? And, with and it? it's true, right? I mean, like in, in macro counting, there's plenty of calculators that help you kind of estimate how to count alcohol as like a carb or a fat. And that's usually the option that is given, right? Because it's an, it's a strange entity. Um, you can, I mean, I, I used to do this so much. I would always be like, oh my gosh, I'm like under on my fat. Sweet. I'm going to have three ounces of wine and count it as fat. And that is kind of hilarious. But the thing is your body your body could put the fat to use, whether it's, right. you know, transporting fat soluble vitamins around yeah. your body, whether it's like for brain health, for like joint lubes or, you know, just energy stores for later. Your yeah. body has a use for fat, but like ethanol. Right. Counting that wine doesn't in within the wine. There's some sugars. Your body can use that. There's, you know, one can argue that antioxidants in a glass of red oh, wine could prolong your health or all sorts of other things. But the actual ethanol part is useless to your body. Unlike fiber, which although we might not extract energy from certain fiber, it helps our body. It's it's serving a purpose and we need it. And it's important for health. But unfortunately, your body is like, alcohol, cool. I'm just going to put that in your liver and make you feel like shit. Yep. (laughs) Yep. But occasionally I'll let you have a real fun time first, just so you come back. Yes, Yes, exactly. You'll be in a happy, happy mood before you feel like shit for a few days. But yeah. So yes. Oh, that made me think. I was like talking about calories. And do you remember the first time you ever went to a restaurant where calories were put on the menu next to the dish? Uh, I'm not sure if it's the first time, but absolutely. I have a very, at at least an early, very distinct memory of, um, this was probably, 
it was it was definitely it would have been in the 90s in Texas at an Outback Steakhouse. And, um, you know, did you eat steak back then? I did. I did back then. Yeah. So although I don't think I really ever ate steak at like steakhouses like that, I usually just ate like, um, I don't know, potato skins and like variety of of other (laughs) other things. But I remember um, there was this thing, I believe, called the Awesome Blossom. And it, it was like a giant onion that they like fried and like and it and just chopped it in a way that it kind of opened like a giant lotus flower breaded and fried. And um, yeah, sort of in the 90s of, uh, you know, the yeah, wanting everyone all of a sudden wanting to know calories and stuff. I'm pretty sure it was either that restaurant or another similar one where they started appearing next to the pictures because they were also those big giant 90s menus that had pictures of all the food and it looked amazing and then in tiny little letters somewhere down there it would say the calorie count and that awesome blossom had like 3,800 calories (laughs) so like right and and we, we also learned I never it's amazing to me that this was always so standardized but that was also the decade where I remember learning that 2,000 Right, like was like the the normal calorie based on a based on an average two thousand calorie diet. Like everything was based around two thousand, and thinking, uh, well, what what what? Like if I ate this this relatively small amount of food because it's an onion. I mean, how like satisfying is eating a whole onion? Obviously, the breaded and oily part um, adds to that. But like, it, it was mind blowing to me to even understand how do you make an onion which practically has no calories on its own, have that many calories. <laughs> like the amount of stuff they had to make stick to that onion. I remember, and it, it's two days worth of food for you. Like if you eat it, that's it. That's and all you're you not, get for And two you days. know fine well that onion is not the only thing you're right? eating that day. Yeah. Back then I also probably had a giant, a giant soda with it or something and some potato skins with cheese and bacon. Yeah, and, and absolutely because those Outback Steakhouse places from the nineties used to have Oreo pie. And I ate Oreo pie a lot as a child. Or when we whenever my parents let me order it at restaurants. Oh. I remember it was <laughs> for me it was TGI Fridays. And I can't remember whether it was in England or out here in the US. You have TGI Fridays in England? Yeah. What? That's an international chain of mediocre food. It is an wow. international chain of mediocre food. Um, but I remember going in and like I was kind of semi sort of on a health kick. So I was like, I'm going to order a salad while everybody else gets like like shoestring fries and burgers and stuff. And so I walked walked in feeling all smug because I'd already determined I was going to have this salad. And I we got the menus. <laughs> Calorie counts. And I looked, looked at it all and I noticed that the calories were there. But I was like, you know, I first like opened up to the burger page and of course like a thousand calories here, 1500 calories there. And I was just like, oh, just wait till we get to the salads. We're going to be looking like 500 (laughs) tops again, based on a 2000 calorie day diet. Mm -hmm. And I turned the page to the salads and I literally like jaw dropped, could not believe it that one of the salads had nearly four thousand calories now obviously take it with a pinch of salt because a salary a salary a salad (laughs) 
is made by hand and you're never going to have exactly the same quantities. You know, someone's squeeze of balsamic dressing is going to be different to the next person's and like how many croutons you get and all the other crap they put in it. But the salad that I was going to get still had something like 2,400 calories in it. And again, with the little star saying, based on a 2,000 calorie a day diet. And I was like, what the crap? And I honestly was kind of like, I was sad that they put those calories on there because I was like, now I cannot enjoy my damn meal. So I scoured the menu for anything else that could be less and was just like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Like, that's literally one of the least caloric things on this menu. And that's what's crazy is that, you know, people who eat out a lot and wonder why the heck they're gaining weight. It's like, sure, we don't know if there's actually 2,400 calories in that. Maybe there's 1,800. Maybe there's freaking 3,000, depending on the day, depending on where the food comes from, depending on who puts it together. But that certainly wasn't the only thing I ate that day. And when I looked around the restaurant, most people there were like sharing appetizers, mm-hmm. which typically are like chicken wings, fried cheese sticks, awesome you know, blossoms. breaded freaking onions. <laughs> Then having a main course, which is, you know, usually some kind of burger and fry type situation. Then having a dessert. Mm -hmm. And most people were washing it down with Coke or something like that. So we're looking at probably a 6,000 calorie trip. And if you had gone and... Possibly more than that. If you had gone (laughs) and like picked at a couple of appetizers, had yourself a salad, maybe just had a spoonful of dessert, even then... You've probably eaten way over your daily caloric recommendation, which I want to add at this point, 2000 calories is some kind of standard across the board number that is not tailor-made to you. So if you are an active person, the likelihood is you probably need to eat more than that. Yeah, 2000, it's it's amazing that number has sort of stuck. Um, What is it for guys, 24? I think it's like 2000 and 2400 are kind of the standard things. Um, but you're right. Like there's there's literally I mean, there's no way to standardize that across a population as large, certainly as the United States. And yet it's still there. It, but it's still there. And like people just accept it as gospel. And it's like, so ingrained in everyone's head that if you're like female, 2000 calories a day is what you should be aiming for. It doesn't. Like, and and nowhere is there like an asterisk for their asterisk to say, well, you know, this is kind of based on someone who's this height, this weight, this active. When we determined this number, it was, yeah, this kind of person. Because, you know, like a hundred pound, let's say a hundred pound female who, you know, has lower like body muscle mass does not need to eat anywhere near the 170 pound athlete who is like solid muscle has some muscle mass trains all the time. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and I mean, it, that's a fair point, right? Because there are also, we have a very much a culture that, um, a lot of people, not just women, but maybe primarily women would much rather be the hundred pounds skinny person. Um, you know, rather than maybe that other lifter, but, and then they, they too, um, they think the, 2000 calories just way too high right so like there's we're probably i don't know what percentage of women but a lot of them probably are think like i'm just gonna eat 
1200 calories, right? Or 1500 calories, I feel like is a, is a number that people throw out when they're like, quote unquote, dieting. I mean, when I did my little cut, I think 1500 was about as low as I went. Yeah. And I felt God awful. Yeah, horrible. Like yep. horrible. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it's kind of like that your daily caloric intake is it's that sort of same thing is so ingrained in us particularly in females although i see it across the board yeah. um but the messaging towards the female population has been so strong for so long that like if you want to lose weight then you just eat less calories right and then if that's not working you eat less calories yeah, you just keep taking away from yourself just take 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 and it's it's just so wild and when i first like quite often like when i'm first meeting new clients and i'm like my goal for you is to be able to eat as much as you can while still moving towards your goals and every single time people go Whoa! oh yeah what yeah. what it's i i mean i get it right because that it is it's that is so culturally ingrained in all of us um you know i think i've talked about this before but i i i remember distinctly the first time I heard someone say to me like, oh, oh, you want to you want to lose weight like you want to have like a better body composition. You probably just need to start by eating more and sleeping more. Like those were the two things I was like, what? Huh? Like, uh, OK, I mean, I like to sleep and eat and that sounds great. <laughs> well, like when I had a first had a nutrition coach and like I was kind of figuring out like, wait, am I what's what's the difference between calories and mac? Wait, what calories, macros? What? And obviously we were focusing on like figuring out the macro part of it so that just my ratios of food that made up my total calories made sense for what I was trying to do and achieve. But as like one of the first things my coach told me was just like, okay, we're going to start here and then we're going to eat more. And that 2000 calorie kind of barrier, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't thinking about it, but as soon as like I started to creep above that, there was a panic. There was like anxiety. I, it was like, <gasps> I'm not based on a 2,000 calorie a day diet anymore. Not, what do I do? What happens? Don't I, don't I want to be the American average? And you have this kind of thought that as soon as you step a toe over 2,000 calories, you're going to blow up like a freaking yeah. balloon. And I would like to say for the people at the back, the exact opposite happened. Yeah. The more, I mean, obviously there's a point, right? There's a yeah. point at which you get to maintenance where you're going to jog along quite nicely. And then there's the point where you tip into surplus. And even then, surplus doesn't necessarily mean you're just going to get all fat. If you're looking to gain muscle mass, yeah, that could, that you've could got exactly where you to give to yourself the building blocks. And there's still such a fear around like these numbers, 2000 calories, 2400 calories. And I wish we had, you know, a similar aged male in the room right now just right. to ask about like, how do you feel about the 2400 calorie a day diet thing? Like, has it? crossed your mind ever when you if you've ever tracked anything and you got to that 2400 calorie ceiling did you feel that same sense of like <gasps> yeah you know it's it is true we always talk about that we need more like male guests because I am always really curious if like that kind of um that that cultural you know focus on calories and things from the 90s like did that did that affect guys um I definitely don't remember, I don't have any memories of like friends or my brother or anyone like talking about stuff like that, but. I think it's probably more of like a 
behind closed doors. Yeah. Like, I don't know yeah. if it's discussed in the same way amongst the male population mm-hmm. as it is, like, we've discussed it. Yeah. But it's probably been thought about a lot, but it's maybe not, like, probably is fine now, but, like, 80s, 90s, I doubt it was, like, the thing for yeah. guys to be chatting and about. And it is true. Like, I mean, all the, so much of the marketing I, I remember, you know, from that time was definitely geared toward women. But, yeah, 2,000 calories ceiling. And it is funny, like you said, like that 1500 calorie mark is kind of like almost a high five for the dieters world. Yeah, it's like a mark of pride to say like, I, I 1200 today. I can't, I can't even imagine that 1200. Like, I would feel like garbage. Yeah. I mean, you would, I feel like I would have to be sedentary. Like I would really just need to like lie around all day. I mean, we've both done in-body scans. Like yeah. my body, if I was to sit on my ass and do nothing all day, not even get up to go pee, I burn close to 1,500 calories a day. So at 1,200 calories, if I'm trying to go about my usual day where I've got to like move around, maybe carry groceries, walk the dog, use my brain, go to the gym, maybe I can hang on for a few days because I've got some like, I'll use my glycogen stores, then I'm going to get that bad keto breath when I start burning body fat. And then I'm going to tank. Yeah. And I'm going to feel like crap. And then all of a sudden... I've got brain fog and I can't think straight and I go to the gym and I can't do anywhere near what I usually do. So I'm not even burning many calories anymore because I physically don't have any to give. And then what the hell is the point of that? And I've, I've, I've heard of so many. And again, I've probably just spoken to more women about this. So I've heard like more feedback from them. But, you know, you hear of women who are like particularly when they get to like our age and, you know, things start to change and they go from 1500 to 1200 and then 1200 becomes a thousand whenever i hear people who say they're routinely eating less than a thousand calories and they're not like waif like i typically don't believe that that's actually true because they may they may be eating 800 calories of food but then just not paying attention to like the little snacks that go in to try and survive but you know We've spoken about this. Your metabolism will downregulate to a point. Obviously, it can't live off of 800 calories a day or there'd be no such thing as starvation. But women of the world, men of the world too, anybody out there, 1,200 calories for a grown adult, unless you are doing something really wild for like some last minute weight ditch in order to be able to just make weight and then immediately start eating again, is a really really bad idea it's like you know trying to run your car on fumes it doesn't run well and it'll eventually just stop (laughs) in the same way that your body won't run well so get rid of the notion of 2000 calories just look around all you have to do is like go to a grocery store and look around you it is highly unlikely that there will be a human in there who will look exactly like you in terms of your body composition, your size, your shape, your dimensions, where your body's storing fat because of genetics, no one in there is going to be the carbon copy of you. So it's kind of like when you think of it like that, it's kind of absurd to think that all of us that fall under the category of female should be adhering to our 2000 calorie day diet Mm -hmm. and everybody else in there would be 2,400 calories a day. It's just absurd. And... I want to reiterate that if you eat more than 2,000 calories a day and you happen to be active, 
and lifting weights and moving around and carrying your groceries and walking your dog, you're probably not going to get fat. Yeah. I will say, yeah, it's funny when you bring up like the in-body scan because I remember uh, when I was really doing that frequently and my goal, I mean, kind of like the holy grail goal of um, body recomposition, right, is like building some muscle mass at the same time as you're like losing some fat, right? And um, when I was at sort of the peak of like really dialing in, like counting the macros, prioritizing protein, all that kind of stuff, I was being rather successful at that. And it was so much fun to do the in-body scans and actually watch that, um, uh, your your base caloric like burn, right? Like, so as you gain, um, for those of you not familiar with that, like, so the, the amount of calories it takes to just sit around and exist, um, if you have higher lean muscle mass, you burn more calories just existing because your body's trying to maintain, you know, that mass, like take care of that. So um, as I would, I don't know, I'd put on a little bit more lean mass and then my like 1513 calories would be like, all of a sudden my base would be like 1537. I was like, oh, I... I can I can add on more calories. And so for me, as I was doing that, it was so much fun, right? Because as I was getting stronger and reaching, you know, goals in the gym that I had, the the in-body scan was also showing me that like I need to be eating more. Like and I can eat more without necessarily messing up any of the body composition goals. Um and you know, it's a obviously that's a tiny little number and it wasn't, you know, it was more funny than anything else to think about it that way, but but yeah, I mean, the 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 joy of being active and being strong and just like really leaning into that is that food, you know, becomes less stressful because you're not then thinking like, oh, I went over my calories today, so I'm going to like gain weight. Reframe the mindset so that calories really are their their fuel and their recovery and um they're really positive things when you are just generally, you know, using, using them through moving your body. Um, Cause I think, yeah, like that 1200, like imagine, right. That is a number that someone who is like desperately trying to get smaller, maybe thinks is their number. And that's also the number of calories that you just casually and without thinking about it burned just by being out on a mountain doing something you love sliding downhill sliding. i don't know how many hours y'all were actually out on the mountain that day but it it you know when you when you sent me that message about snowboarding i was in um, a very different mountain environment in arizona um not with the fluffy fluffy snow but i was hiking and i was like you sent me that and i was like that's amazing and then i was like that's also like totally normal on days where I am like going on long hikes or when I'm backpacking because um, it is it's like you're just when you're just it's something about being outdoors right I just feel like also all of those things that we do outdoors um, if you choose to look at them that way generally burn more calories right um, hiking backpacking I when I'm on a backpacking trip and actually, this will be interesting. We we could we could do this with the Mount Whitney trip. We could do like you know like a weigh in <laughs> before and after because it's a four day trip, right? But every time I have gone on a backpacking trip in in recent memory, like in in the years where I would actually be like thinking about caloric intake and output and and weight and things like that, um, I have lost on average a pound per day, 
And so, so these are times where like, actually I have, I've weighed myself before a trip or it's been in a time where I'm tracking. So I've got my average weight. And then when I come back from say a six day backpacking trip, um, I can pretty much guarantee that I'm going to be about five pounds lighter. Like it's just right. Cause no matter how much I eat, cause I think also some, I just can't eat enough calories to refuel, um, because you don't have a soda fountain when you're out in the woods <laughs> and it's too damn heavy to um yeah to like pack in soda <laughs> or like liquid calories like that but um but yeah like I can if I am like doing my best I usually try to eat at least 2500 to 3000 calories a day while backpacking and I still come home on average about yeah whatever however many days it was it was that many pounds less I mean when I used to race across oceans like two like even quick trips like two weeks yeah i would lose so much weight and i was eating thousands of calories a day and i'd come back and i remember one trip where we came back across from i think brazil or costa rica or somewhere to the uk in december and it was just god awful like violent storms and freezing cold i was wet for pretty much two weeks straight (laughs) and you know wearing a million layers and hadn't seen myself what i looked like for two weeks got back parked the boat, went up to use the bathroom, obviously had to peel off a whole lot of clothes just to be able to get to use the toilet. And then I saw myself in like a full length mirror and I literally was like, where the hell did I go? It was actually perfect timing because it was just before Christmas. So I'm like, I'm going to town this Christmas. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely intrigued by Whitney to see what happens. Um, I plan to try and like marshmallow, crispy, rice crispy treats. Mm hmm. Light. I'm just gonna have a That's whole like, carriage full of them yeah. behind me. Yeah, I mean we should. We we'll have we'll have a conversation. We'll like talk about our snacks and packing, and maybe we can talk about that on another podcast um, leading up to it. But it would be interesting, right, to like plan because I'm also very like precise now. Like I. Um, last couple backpacking trips like I've really precisely planned out my calories just so I know like am I getting enough and um because it's kind of like what you said after all those hours of snowboarding maybe just like chugging a soda your body would probably be like whoo thank you like that right like it needs to be refueled and I think it's the same when you're backpacking um, and certainly because we're also going to be at altitude um, so your body is also burning a lot more energy trying to stay warm heavy breathing (laughs) well heavy breathing trying to move oxygen around your body your blood um, and then yeah just staying warm Um, it's definitely yeah I mean there's there's a lot going on and no matter how hard you try um, because I don't know if you've ever tried to eat five or six thousand calories a day it's effort I mean, unless you have an awesome blossom and a and a sixty four ounce like Coca Cola. You mean Coca-Cola. that's not like a um, fast food joint? Yeah, yeah. Whitney? I mean, it's not f- too far from Whitney, but probably too far to you know just pop down and get some takeout. Um, but yeah, like it is. It's just really hard to pack in that many calories, and it'll be also interesting because you'll experience like you lose hunger, like you don't have much of an appetite, or at least I I definitely don't have much of an appetite at altitude. So you're kind of forcing yourself to eat anyway. Um, so yeah, it's like, I find it and I've done the studies, I guess now on myself, it's, um, it's almost impossible for me to not lose weight backpacking, which is something I just love doing. But we should definitely like weigh ourselves, take measurements and take some pictures Yeah, and just, just see, cause that's also like a great example of like, 
two completely different bodies. Oh, for sure. And and how they respond yeah. to it. But like what why I kind of wanted to chat about like the play and like mountaineering and hiking and snowboarding and stuff is like one thing I always try and talk people into <laughs> is adding stuff before right. you even worry about taking away. Mm-hmm. And a great way to like add in is to, you know, it if you try and go, okay, I'm going to add in an extra four hours of exercise, you know, intentional yeah. go to the gym exercise, like almost no one is going to actually achieve that. Right. Or maybe you go and spend four extra hours in the gym, but it's probably not particularly productive. <laughs> I love those people like, I spent three hours in the gym like, today. I'm like, yeah, yeah, and about 10 minutes of that was actually yes. working out. Um, but adding in stuff like playtime, adventures, like all, you know, sliding down mountains on a tray you know mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff i wasn't not one point was i thinking like ooh, i've got to burn some I'm calories, burning calories right like, now yeah i yeah. tracked out a curiosity and at the end of the day I was like oh shoot well that was fun um so you know if you are somebody who's like thinking about oh my god i need to take away calories i need to eat less eat less eat less just hit pause and think about hang on a minute what could I actually add that's fun that might use up these calories that probably aren't even in abundance anyway but that is a far more like it's it's beneficial to your health because you're going to be more active even walking you know like adding in like when we when I did that cut for the bodybuilding thing yeah we went on like brisk walks for like yeah, 40 like 40 minutes rocking or, so. or like putting a little weight and on we your put back a weight just, vest yeah. on or you can mm-hmm. put a backpack on and put a couple of books in it or whatever yeah and go walk for 30 to 40 minutes yeah. and that is a really good additional little oh absolutely energy burner and i mean in in theory I, well not even in theory in practice for a lot of people walking for 45 minutes um you are probably burning more calories than if you went to the gym and kind of like, right, like if you actually really worked hard lifting weights and barbell cycling and like really intense exercise for an hour, maybe you'll burn more. But like that's usually not what people's experience of the gym is, right? Like you're you're doing different sets, you're taking breaks. So it's hard to kind of track that. But really, if you go out for 45 minutes to an hour of walking, you know your body is like burning calories. Um and I know a lot of people like, you know, they're, they're like, oh, I train all the time. I weight train, I'm trying to like lean out a little bit more or something. And generally adding walking or light jogging is exactly the thing that needs to be added. It's not more time in the gym um, or time doing weight training. It's just like adding in that nice low impact, like walking, you know. It's like anything that you, I always tell people, something's better than nothing. Like something that you can sustain yeah. and be consistent with yeah. is going to produce results. If you go ham on like the calorie cut to the point where you're starving and can't focus, guess what? It ain't going to last. If you decide that you're suddenly going to train four hours a day and actually send it hard for four hours, I give you two days before you're so screwed. You then spend two weeks not doing anything. If you were like, I'm going to just stick to my usual routine in the gym, but I'm going to add in a 30 minute brisk walk three or four times a week that I can also use as time away from my computer and time to like just shut off the brain and look around and get some fresh air. Well, heck, you're killing multiple birds with one stone at this point. And you're going to be able to sustain that. Catch up with a friend you haven't seen in a while. 
If you have a mm-hmm. dog, I always thought like if I had a dog, I'd get so many more steps in. And... <laughs> it helps every single lunchtime yep. I'm out there walking, which I probably wouldn't be doing yes. without her. Yes, I do think that Dory um, keeps you from really ever worrying about not hitting like a step count or like, you know, if that's that's your goal. When I work from home, like the number of trips I take to the kitchen for snacks, that helps keep right. the yeah. steps going. I actually, I, I, you know, it's funny. I, during one day over the break when um, I was doing basically like decluttering the house and um, for our listeners sake, I don't know, we've, we've described our condos probably periodically here and there, but like they're not huge, right? They're mm-hmm. just sort of, you know, relatively small square footage, two bedroom. There's like a long hallway um, so I, it never really occurs to me that I could get in many steps in my home, but there was a day over the holidays where I was, I was just doing a lot of decluttering. So I was like moving stuff out of my bedroom and then moving things to the door to like get them ready to like take to donate. And I, all of a sudden I like checked my, my watch and my, or my ring and my step count. And I had like that day something like 17,000 steps and mm-hmm. I hadn't really left the house and I was like whoa like where out the carpet that's like a day yeah that's like a day of back like a good solid hike would maybe mm-hmm. get me to those numbers like a couple hours um so I also think right like stuff like that if you're thinking about cap- calorie burn like there are just ways to just be active right those so yeah I mean I'd say for anybody listening to this who's just like man I'm so confused Uh, Do I obsess over calories? Do I obsess over macros? What should I be doing? Pump the brakes. Keep it simple. First things first, focus on quality food, like real food. When you eat fruits and vegetables and lean meats and fish and stuff that is not like jacked up with sugar and hyper palatable and all of that crap, guess what? Your body actually tells you what it needs and if you have ever thought like I've got to eat exactly this amount every day but one day I'm going to burn 12,000 calories and the next day I'm going to burn 1,000 calories well guess what your body probably needs a different quantity of food from day to day and when you're getting real feedback signals and you're able to focus on like okay I'm feeling some hunger is it real am I actually hungry or am I bored or something you start to learn what you need to put into it Mm -hmm. And what like feeling kind of almost full is like, because that's probably where you need to stop. And when you add in, you know, exercise that's intentional exercise, but also just like fun playtime exercise or just time out walking kind of exercise, then you're also adding quite a nice little additional calorie burn without kind of feeling that like, I got to go and exercise. So quality is king. Playtime is important. (laughs) And 2,000 calories across the board for everybody, or 2,400 calories, depending on who you are, is horse crap. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So, and if you're eating less than 1,500 calories as a grown adult, and you move your body much send us a message we'd like to talk to you (laughs) rethink this scenario because so many people out there could be eating you like don't have to live a life of hunger yeah 
really, you don't have to live a life of hunger. There's far more fun ways to go about life than being constantly hungry or thinking that if you're not feeling hungry, you're probably getting fat. We've both been through the process of like reverse dieting and eating more and probably at some point being like, yikes, but okay, trust the process. And then what do you know? It works. It works. And you don't have to spend your life freaking starving. Yeah. It's so, it's, it's just so much fun <laughs> when you find out, like, and you got to discover it for yourself, you know, by, by really leaning into this, but it is so much fun when you realize that you can eat more and still be awesome. And there's also like, <laughs> you know, like everything context is key and balance is important. So at no point should you be like, oh gosh, this this menu has calories on it. I can't go anywhere near that because there's nothing that's like less than 200 calories. Like if you go to TGI Fridays and get the gosh darn 3,000 calorie salad, you do that once yeah. every six months, not gonna, go to town. Not going to derail One you. day of going over 2,000 calories is not going to harm you. Mm -hmm. It's amazing that, you know, so many people think if I have one day of like eating more than I usually do, it's going to undo a lifetime of work. It's not. It's not. It's just not. Because even if you ate the damn onion. <laughs> I think your 3,000 calorie salad is still a superior to the onion, but yeah. If you ate your onion or I ate my 3,000 calorie salad. Yeah. And even if that was the only thing we ate that day. And let's just say for shits and giggles, we only burned 2,000 calories. You're still only in a 1,000 calorie surplus, which means... You actually can't gain a pound of fat overnight. Yeah, it's it is weird, right? We think like, oh, it takes so long to lose weight. But if I mess up just once, gonna I'm going to gain. It's like, right? Like it works the same in both directions. Like it's actually, it takes time. And yes, more than just one meal's worth of calories to So to, to say the calorie, happen. the unit of energy is something to be aware of. How the daily count, like the, your daily caloric intake is made up in terms of how much of my calories came from, how many of my calories came from protein? How many of my calories came from starchy carbs? How many of my calories came from healthy fats? That's, you know, an interesting thing to know, particularly if you are working towards, you know, good health and performance. Like if you're an athlete, you need to make sure that you're putting enough of those calories that come from energy sources and you're going to need to know what of, you know, which of those calories that I put into my body can be turned into energy really quickly? What, how many of those calories are going to give me some more sustained energy? Am I putting enough calories worth of protein to be able to feed my muscle mass or grow my muscle mass or whatever it is? Um, but obsessing over the exact number is basically kind of like banging your head against a brick wall, given that pretty much every food label you read is somewhat to quite drastically inaccurate it's still so stressful whenever you say that when you think of how yeah precise we we think we're being sometimes so if all of this not... like obsessing over stuff is just blowing your mind try try not try to just eat like <laughs> real food try to not be obsessed and burn calories like if going to the gym is something that gives you the cold sweats because it sounds so hideous don't freaking do it. Go outside into the world and play. Have some fun. Carry your groceries once in a while. Use the stairs. 
They will burn calories. Or take up snowboarding and do that for seven hours. Slide down a mountain for seven hours. Occasionally get stuck in the fluffy snow and have to dig your way out. That's a, That probably burned half That of probably burned a lot of it, yes. When you get stuck in like thigh deep snow. But with snowboarding, <laughs> like every time you get off a chairlift and sit down and strap your board on, you got to push yourself back mm-hmm. up again and that gets exhausting. So, but you know, don't obsess too much over calories. But remember that calories being a unit of energy are required for you to function and function well as a human. And as much as we may laugh at the 2000 calorie across the board, because none of us are equal in terms of like body composition and what we do each day and how our bodies use calories, which could be a whole nother episode, Mm -hmm. but we might want to get a scientist on board for that one. (laughs) It's an average guideline. So if you're eating drastically less than that, Perhaps it's time to ask, why? And also, do I feel good? And that should be the fundamental that question. That should always be the question, yeah. That you're asking yourself in any situation, whether it's to do with what you're eating or the exercise that you're doing or, you know, the adventure you've decided to pursue or your job or whatever. Does this make me feel good? Better still, great. And if the answer is anything from like, I don't know, to no... We'll dig into that and find out why. Yep. And then try and do something about it. And if you're not sure where to start, call me. (laughs) Shameless plug. So I don't know if we've helped you out with calories or whatever or confused you even more. Um. (laughs) I like that you're like, well, we'll find it. We'll find a scientist next time. Just in case we have confused anyone. We'll, we'll. But then a scientist will probably just use big words and then everyone's confused and we'll just be like, we don't know what's going on. Yep. But uh, I hope there's been a few little interesting tidbits in there. Um, that was our chat about calories. It's now past 9 p.m. while we're Whoa. recording this. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. We're both still awake, which is miraculous. Um, don't know how we're going to feel in the morning. Yep. But thanks for staying up, Rachel. Oh, I know. Well, 6, 6 a.m. CrossFit class. We got her soon. done in order to bring this out to you on time. <laughs> and uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. If you've got any comments or questions on this one or anything you would like to hear us talk about, please leave a comment. And uh, if not, we will talk to you next time.